This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. A neutral zone. It's good! Oh my goodness. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to 2020. This, of course, being our first edition of the Neutral Zone of the New Year. I am your host, Brock Richardson, coming to you today from Kitchener, joined in the Toronto studio by Dave Rucavina and Claire Buchanan. Guys, Happy New Year. How are we? Pretty good, Brock. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Claire, and to you, Sam, and to all our listeners as well. (laughs) It's a new decade. Somebody Somebody pointed something out to me today, and I just... I I just shook my head when they pointed it out to me. Someone said to me earlier today that 30 years ago was 1990, which is crazy to think about uh, that already 30 years has gone by and it was 1990. So just crazy to think about that. It sure is. Uh, actually, my youngest son was born in 1990. So obviously he's going to turn 30 later this year and it feels like it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy how how time flies. I was born in '91, but just when you think about that, and you think, "Wow, 2020 seems so far away." When uh, obviously, when I was young, and now we're here. So, uh, yeah, it was, is, it is uh, what it is. Time flies, and uh, no one. You just got to make the most of it. That's all. How was your holiday, both of you? Did you get up to some good stuff? Some trouble? Um, we did the typical family stuff. Um, when Christmas and Christmas Eve came around, it was all died down by then. So it was actually a pretty relaxed Christmas morning for us. Um, just hung around and it's pretty quick. So it was nice. It was pretty quiet awesome. around our house. Uh, we had the family, the well, pretty much the entire family together last Monday. That was the only day we could get everyone in because uh, a lot of moving parts there. But uh, anyway, uh, we got together and celebrated. It was a good time. And, uh, man, the holidays just flew by. Like, uh, I remember being part of that Christmas shopping madness of two and three weeks ago, and it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah, it, I was part of that Christmas madness the Saturday before Christmas. I was foolish enough to go to square one, and uh, I say foolish enough because it was foolish, and I will never do it again because it was just like, oh my goodness, people everywhere. It yeah. was yeah. insane. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how you guys do that. I uh, I think I was done my Christmas shopping two weeks before Christmas just to kind of avoid seeing as many people as possible in a mall. <laughs> Well, I actually, yeah. I finished up my Christmas shopping right after our last show a couple of weeks ago. But I didn't have that much to do. I, I knew what I had to get, and it was just a matter of going in and getting it. But uh, by my standards, though, I, I may have said this on our last show, uh, by my standards, that's early. That's way early. I used to be <laughs> one of these guys. I, I used to make a game of it. I would wait till 3 or 4 o'clock on Christmas Eve afternoon, and I'd still be shopping when the stores closed at 6. Wow. Were you also uh, up at uh, the crack of dawn for, say, Boxing Day? No, no. no. Boxing Day I will not (laughs) be a part of, period. Well, there you go. Uh, Yes, I hope everyone else had a great holiday out there in uh, listener land. We appreciate you tuning back into us for 2020. Coming up next, we're going to do something unique. We're going to speak to the entire BC4 
uh, bocce team for Team Canada. They just recently qualified, so we're going to talk to them right after the break here on The Neutral Zone. Stay with us here on AMI and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, in the Kitchener studio, and I'm joined in the Toronto studio remotely by Claire Buchanan and David Rakavina. Well, we've never done this, guys, and we're going to try something new, having a trifecta interview here on the Neutral Zone, and we're going to interview the uh, BC4 bocce team, so that would be Marco Despaltro, Yulian Carbanu, and Alison Levine. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi, hello guys. There we go, everybody. We're all together. Awesome. Uh, So, Marco, we're going to start with you. Uh, Once you guys have uh, completed the celebrating of qualifying for the Paralympic Games, the games turn around rather, the the times turn around rather quickly. And can you discuss the training over the next number of months before you participate in the Paralympic Games? Well, number one, I mean, it's uh, great to be qualified because it was a big stressor for us. We uh, we were able to qualify in the next couple of months. I mean, uh, we had a great competition in Portugal and pairs play. Julian and Allison played wonderfully, and uh, they didn't give uh, any chances to any of the teams. So I think we've got a. This is going to be like for us. I think it's yeah, going to be the. Uh, the diving board to something really interesting in the future because in the past we've always had trouble making it to the top set of the podium and for this competition we were able to to go there and uh, we worked a lot to uh, get to that position and now I think with just the the confidence we're going to have moving on with this uh, for the entire the next season it's going to be wonderful and we're going to be very much prepared for Paralympics we know what it takes We've got like a couple of months that's still left. I mean, the Paralympics are in late August, so we still have a lot of time to uh, prepare and to fine-tune all that we need to work on. But uh, that victory in Portugal is just, I think, uh, it's going to be a key for uh, the future of uh, the pairs play for the BC Force. Uh, Julian, uh, what is your favorite aspect of bocce? Um, You know, I never get bored. It's really, really, I like this sport and uh, uh, dep- not depends on re- my results. I will. I want all the time to go on the court and do my best and have fun. Uh, actually, I have a lot of pleasure to play and uh, for me, the result is something that will come if I will play well. Of course, I will have medal or I will be on the podium. But uh, for me, the most important is to be on the court and to to have to have pleasure when I'm playing, and when I have pleasure, I playing very very well. So it's something that I really really like on this sport. It's it's a lot of mental work and uh, it's uh, technical uh, from physical point of view, and it's like you know it's very complex from this point of view. So you need to be concentrated. You need to be you need to do your routine every time to to get the and uh, play well. So, uh, yeah, in some, a couple of words, I, I never get bored. 
Allison, uh, coming through the qualification for the 2020 Paralympic Games in Tokyo, um, can you describe for us uh, the whole qualification process and uh, what led up to you guys actually qualifying for the Tokyo Games? Uh, Yeah, it's a little bit uh, of a complicated system. There is a direct qualifier competition that we had in Sao Paulo, Brazil, the month prior to... um, to Portugal, where if you win first place at that tournament, you get an automatic spot to Paralympics. But other than that, the other spots are given uh, via your, uh, your 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 ranking points. So whoever is the top ten, team, well, top nine teams plus the host country, Japan, that gets uh, a spot. So um, knew, knowing that we were sitting in tenth place, but that we were only a point or two uh, ahead of. Portugal and Germany, um, who were also going to be at this uh, tournament in Portugal, doing the math, we knew that we had to finish at least fourth place and ahead of either Portugal or Germany. Uh, so it was quite, quite a bit of a, the coach's job to do uh, quite a bit of math to figure out what it is we needed to get done. But, you know, we looked at the coach and we said, eh fourth place and ahead of one of those countries now let's just go win gold and that's what we did <laughs> Lulian, you you talk about a lot of uh passion for the game and uh so take us back to that moment where you guys qualified for tokyo and the emotions that you that you experienced yeah, actually, no, it was not a surprise or uh, it was something that we worked for and uh, we get it. Um, uh, I was like prepared for that and um, I was just happy for the moment. But uh, I think after a couple of weeks, I get more happy than that moment there uh, because I realized that we, we did something for what we worked for four years or three years. Uh, and um, it, it was uh, really awesome, awesome just uh, uh, to be at the high level, uh, to play the high level uh, teams and uh, to beat them like that, you know, not easy, but uh, to beat them all and uh, to win the gold. And after that, uh, to say, OK, guys, see you in uh, Tokyo. Absolutely. Your hard work definitely Definitely paid off for you guys. And now you guys will compete in pairs at the competition. So what are your expectations as competing in pairs in the event? Uh, yeah, well, we, we will be competing in pairs, so all three of us. It's a, it's two on two, so there's one substitute. Depending on who we play against, uh, it'll either be a, it'll be a combination of us three on the court. We do also have two individual spots, one one for me to play in individuals because of my world ranking. And the coach will have to make the unfortunate decision of who will get the second spot, whether it's going to be Marco playing individuals or Julian. But um, apart from preparing mentally for that, uh, as a team, um, I think we have been saying it, preparing all year, saying that we know we can beat the best, we know we can win a Paralympic medal. I think we actually truly believe it now. Um, that that win in Portugal was so much more than just a qualification, because it wasn't a one-off. It was, it, and it wasn't that. Oh well, you know, the team didn't bring their A team, or they really weren't on that day. It was a rough competition. Eight of the top ten teams in the world were there, and everything we've been working for 
we just played as we can, like we do in practice all the time, and showed the world and showed ourselves that truly uh, picturing us on the podium at Paralympics isn't just a crazy dream. Uh, we're going to go for that gold. Allison, uh, all of you uh, had competed in the Rio Games in 2016, if I understand things correctly. Uh, how? What differences do you expect in the Tokyo Games as opposed to the Rio Games? Oh, I think it's going to be a huge, huge difference. Uh, Julian and I were both extremely new to Boccia in 2016. Um, we were um, green when it came to competitions. And then when you add in the factor of a huge multi-sport game where Paralympics is, you know, the pinnacle of, of your sport, uh, we were so taken aback. I mean, we played well, um, and I think we showed people and ourselves that, oh, this is a team to watch out for. Um, but I think now uh, it's not there. <laughs> the other teams aren't going to be, oh, well, we play Canada. That's, they're going to be thinking, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, we're playing Canada. So that's going to be the difference is our, our experience and our how we're known now to the other teams and our confidence. And we, we're just such a great group, three of us together. Um, we're going to have a blast. Allison, I know from uh, watching the uh, 2019 uh, National Championships uh, that they didn't go for you as planned because you suffered an injury in the middle of a game. How is the... Uh, recovery going for you uh obviously expecting a full recovery oh yeah the wing is doing good <laughs> it's ready to throw uh we start practice practice back on january 6th and i'll be i'm rearing to go already yeah uh no uh, your counterpart marco there is at practice as we speak i was talking to him earlier and he said uh i said are you obsessed and he said yep so he's uh he's he's very excited and uh <laughs> Guys, uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, thank you so much for coming on to do this interview. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, too, and uh, Happy New Year. That was Marco Despaltro, Julian Carbanu, and Alison Levine joining us to talk about their qualification for the Paralympic Games, which will take place in late August in 2020. After the break, we're going to continue the discussion, but we're going to switch gears into mainstream sports, talk a little World Juniors, maybe a little NFL. Who knows what we'll talk about here on The Neutral Zone. All that after the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Claire Buchanan and David Rocavina. Well, just a programming note, next week is a bit of a special Neutral Zone in the sense that we're going to be um, broadcasting some interviews from the Canada Cup and Blind Curling will be uh, participating in that. So next week will be 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So... Mark that on your calendar. It's going to be a great uh, uh, show mixed in with some interviewer uh, competitors and some mainstream sports talk. 
guys, there are there are two things particularly that I want to get to in this segment. One of which is the World Juniors, and the other one is the NFL. Obviously, uh, big weekends for both. Let's start with the World Juniors. Uh, Canada was in what many would consider the pool of death, uh, having Russia and the United States in the same pool. Uh, obviously, winning against um, Russia, uh, winning against uh, uh, who, who else did they? Germany? They won against and uh, the Czech, Czech Republic. Czech Republic as well. Um, and then going on to the quarterfinal and uh, winning that as well, quite handily, I will say. Thoughts on the World Junior and what you've seen up to this point? Uh, I, I'm pretty surprised. I think everyone else's is that uh, the U.S. just got eliminated as well. So I think every Hockey Canada fan is a little upset that we won't get kind of a hockey U.S. rivalry, but... Good to see those Americans go. Yes. Dave? Yeah, uh, the thing I like about Canada's performance, uh, you know, if you go right back to the first game against the USA, they, you know, it was an up-and-down kind of game. And then, uh, you know, there was some end-of-game drama there that, uh, you know, where the Canadians pulled it out and won late uh, over USA. And then... I don't know what happened in that game against the Soviet Union, but man, it just uh, uh, it just seemed like you know everything went wrong. But you know what the good news is is they came back, they won their remaining games, they were able to flush that performance against the Russians behind them, and I guess let's see, they have the semifinals tomorrow, and Canada will play Finland. Finland, yeah. And the Soviets will play, is it the Czech Republic? The Swedes. The Swedes, okay. All right, sorry about that. Uh, Sorry to our Swedish listeners there, Uh, no harm intended. But uh, those should be two dandy semifinal matchups. And who knows, maybe we get a Canada-Russia treat on... um, uh, on Sunday afternoon in the, in the finale. Uh, for me, it's going to be a great weekend, a trifecta, actually, because on both days you're going to see uh, hopefully Team Canada twice on Saturday and Sunday, followed immediately by two NFL playoff games. So what more can one ask for? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's going to be a, a crazy, crazy sports weekend. Uh, any Any predictions, Claire? Do you think Canada gets it done and gets to the gold medal game? I think we always ex- expect them to. Um, this tournament definitely shows that they have to earn it. If uh, they take the their foot off the pedal, they definitely they definitely got run down. So they definitely have to uh, play pretty strong against this next team. Yeah, it's uh, Finland is always that team, as you can tell by uh, what they did uh, um, against the States, Finland is always that team that lingers around in in the tournament, and people often go, ah, it's just Finland. But then, Yeah, you, you can't overthink those guys. Yeah, yeah. Then if you go back in the history of the tournament, I mean, between Canada and Finland over the last, like, five years, it's only been Canada and or Finland that has won the tournament. So Finland is not uh, an easy game, and I really hope that Canada... Wakes up for that uh, for that game tomorrow, which is at nine. Uh, no, one p.m. and then the Russia Sweden game is at nine a.m. TSN channels check 
your listings for your channel in your local area. All right, Rekabina, we got to talk to the NFL here. <laughs> All right. Can I so, give a quick shout out really quick? Yes. Uh, yeah. There was the under 18 women's world championships was also this week. So congrats to the U.S. and Canada come, going into the gold medal game. The U.S. took it this year. But uh, congrats to those ladies. They didn't get the coverage that they deserved, but uh, they had a great tournament. Yes, and I'm going to be the guy that's going to plead for that coverage. I was watching uh, Tim and Sid yesterday who were watching the game on their phones uh, and telling people what was going on. They need to put that on uh, regular airways because uh, mad respect to women's sports. And I think it was – well, I know it was entertaining because they went through like 15 minutes of three-on-three overtime uh, before it ultimately – ended uh so yes that needs to be uh put out there so thank you you know for that canada and the usa like they they have a neat (laughs) rivalry though like to me i will watch any canada usa hockey game yeah Uh, it doesn't matter if it's the 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 men at the uh you know at at the nhl caliber at the junior hockey category, the women, the women's under eighteen, yeah. uh, sledge you know. hockey, yeah, 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 yeah. like it's yeah, we, just uh, we play the Americans in February. Actually, <laughs> this is just this is uh, to me this has replaced the rivalry against yeah. the Russians, and oh. and you know the neat thing about it is now I think we're also developing a pretty keen rivalry with Finland as well. And I think Canada and Finland have to be two of the smallest countries around, at least in population-wise. We got a vast territory, of course. Finland is only a little wee thing there on the map, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, they produce some great hockey players, and uh, you know that's uh, that's a developing rivalry as well. So it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Dave, I always love your your uh, anecdotes and your takes on things. There's always a unique, <laughs> unique spin on what you come out with, so I enjoy it so much. Uh, all right, Dave, let's um, focus on two teams particularly in the NFL because we've only got a couple of minutes. First of all, the Patriots and the Bills. How do you think they both fare? Uh, I'm going to go first. Well, we'll start with the Bills game because that will be the first one. Uh, I like their chances against Houston. I, I think they match up very well. Um, the, you know, the Bills' run defense is great. Houston loves to throw the football, and the Bills' pass defense is even better than their run defense. So, I, I plus the fact uh, the Texans are a real inconsistent bunch. They can look great one week and just stink the place out the next. So... You know, I I don't know what it is. Is it the type of player they have there? Is it the makeup of the coaching staff? I I, I don't know. I've never, mind you, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of uh, observers uh, more qualified than myself uh, have been trying to figure that one out to no avail as well. So I guess we'll just see which Houston team shows up tomorrow. But I like the way the Bills are building towards this, and I, I, I look for them to beat the Texans. Uh, very quickly, uh, Tennessee, New England, and the nightcap. Woo, boy. And this is coming from a guy who's always had a soft spot for the Patriots. They're in trouble. And it's not at, not because Tom Brady, I don't think, has declined that much, but he just doesn't have the running game or the offensive line, uh, you know, or the receiving core. And with Julian Edelman banged up, uh, boy, I don't know. It might be a long night. Maybe the one equalizing factor there is supposed to be bad weather. I understand in Foxborough tomorrow night, uh, Nor'easter is supposed to be coming up the Atlantic coast, so maybe that tilts things in their favor. 
But like they say, uh, you know, that's why they play the game. So, you know, it's going to be a great weekend nonetheless between the junior hockey and the NFL playoffs. That is the end of our show, folks. We thank you very much for tuning in. A couple of quick thank yous. I'd like to thank our technician today, Sam Robinson. Obviously, Claire Buchanan and Dave Rakavina. Our technical supervisor is Paula Deneen. Our manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank. See you next week. Have a great weekend. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.